Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. In today's episode, I have email again from a listener and he has a question. So I thought it would be great to put that into the show. I'm digging through some of the questions that have come in over the time. And I realized we haven't done a question and answer kind of thing in a while. So here we go. Here is a question from a listener. Gina, your show rocks. As I'm thinking about my anxiety and working through it, which I'm doing so good on, I was thinking for many of us, and you too, may get this, is the feeling of lack of closure when it relates to anxiety, because we are wanting to control the narrative, situation, conversation, or what people are thinking, etc. The thought of having no closure makes my anxiety spike, because then I start thinking what the other person is thinking and try to control it. I don't think that's helping me, lol. Have you had a podcast that talks about lack of closure and anxiety that I've missed? Or am I trying to explain it in a way that's already been explained? Is it called something different other than lack of closure? For example, he says, owning a flower shop, a customer called and asked if their arrangement they ordered online had yet been delivered. I confirmed it. She said the recipient never received the flowers. She said her neighbor has flowers and maybe they grabbed them on accident. She said she'd call me back when she called the recipient to go check the card to see if they were hers instead. 30 minutes later, I began freaking out. Were they hers? Did she get them? What happened? But then I started catastrophizing. That's a bad habit I'm working on. So, to control the situation and get closure, I called her up and asked. Come to find out the flowers were hers, and she went next door and grabbed them, and she loved them. Not a problem. So this is one example of how lack of closure spikes my anxiety and bad habits. Is it just living with uncertainty? Could that be the same thing? Anyway, just putting that out there if others have called or talked about it and didn't know what it was called. Have a good day, friend. Well, thanks for your question and your illustration, your story, Tosh. This is awesome. And I think that you are right on. Like the questions here that I see are, is just, is it just living with uncertainty? Could that be the same thing? Yes, it is the need for closure, the need for control and the feelings of uncertainty. And I want to cover each one of these closure, control and uncertainty 
I want to cover each of these in today's episode, as it's helpful to really have a name sometimes for what it is that we're dealing with, and when our stress and anxiety are causing us particular behaviors, it's nice to be able to say, oh, that's my my need for closure, oh, that's my my need for control. To be able to pinpoint it, it just makes it easier for us to deal with in our mind. It's not just that like we're, what are all these feelings? Am I going crazy? Do other people feel this? One of the things I want to do today is to definitely reassure you that this is very common, especially when we are experiencing high levels of stress and high anxiety. As a matter of fact, this can be a warning sign that your anxiety is climbing, that the stress on your plate is beginning to be more than you can carry when you start finding yourself in these types of behaviors. It can be a red flag for you to pay attention to and to actually begin to work harder on your self-care and your ability to put yourself back into your parasympathetic nervous system. It's our job to do that because once we've been caught up in this anxiety, adrenaline, anxiety, fear cycle that just keeps going around and around, we don't easily flip back into our parasympathetic nervous system. We're built to do that. We're built to get ramped up, take care of business, get safe, and then fall right back into our parasympathetic nervous system. But when we have lived with anxiety and fear and high alert situations for a long time, we don't flip back and forth anymore. We're constantly living in our sympathetic nervous system, which is keeping us on guard. We're scanning the horizon. We're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know the feeling, and that is not our normal state. We're okay to get into that state. It helps us. It keeps us alive. It's how we survived. You come from survival stock. You wouldn't be here otherwise. But once you get safe, you need to calm right back down again into your parasympathetic rest and digest nervous system. And this is what is missing when you are stuck in the anxiety cycle. So let's jump into these three pieces that I want to talk about today. I want to talk about closure, uncertainty, and we want to talk about control. Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 Face Moisturizer and OS1 Eye Cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. 
OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. So let's get started with closure. The social psychologist Ari Kruglansky coined the phrase need for closure back in the 1990s, referring to a framework for decision-making that aims to find an answer that will alleviate confusion and ambiguity. This is obviously super important to someone with high anxiety. The last thing a stressed person wants is room for confusion and ambiguity. When we seek closure, we're looking for answers as to the cause of a certain loss, such as Tosh mentioned was that he was concerned about in his email with the order to resolve the painful feelings it has created. In doing this, we appear to form a mental puzzle of what happened examining each piece and its relationship to the overall puzzle. Closure is achieved when we are satisfied that the puzzle has been put together in the way we are satisfied with, that the answers have been reached and it is now possible to move on. Closure is a complicated cognitive process, and it's one of those places where we need to bring up acceptance and learning to live with the ambiguity when closure cannot be achieved. Sometimes things go wrong, and although we do our best, as Tosh did by making the phone call, sometimes even our best can leave us without closure, and we learn to live with it through acceptance, right? That's our closure piece. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about control because people with anxiety often feel a need to control everything around them in order to feel peace. They may not trust anyone else to handle things the way they will. I don't know if that rings a bell with any of you, but I know excess stress will make my controlling side begin to rear its ugly head. That is a red flag for me. When I begin to feel the need to control, I need to take a step back and look at what's actually going on in my life and where my stress levels are taking me. If you struggle with anxiety, it can seem like nothing is under your control. The more fearful you feel of not being in control, the more you try to structure your world to make it feel safe. One way you may deal with feeling anxiety is to overcompensate by exerting great control over your current environment. The people in your life may call you things like a control freak and resent your attempts to create structure and order. Yet when you don't exert your control, even over minor fussy little things, you feel great anxiety. 
You may not even be conscious that you are acting out with controlling behaviors. With some awareness and paying attention to what others comment on about your behaviors, you can begin to see just how anxiety is playing out in your daily life. The place to put effort and to make changes is not in changing others or your environment, but in reducing the levels of stress fear, and anxiety. That is where we need to focus, not outside of ourselves, but inside and getting ourselves back into our parasympathetic rest and digest side of our nervous system. And uncertainty, we can't leave without talking about uncertainty. Anxiety can lead to an intolerance of uncertainty. There's just too much to bear. On the other hand, a common belief with such an intolerance is that worrying when we are uncertain is somehow helpful or it keeps the worst possible scenario from happening, kind of like magical thinking. People with anxiety struggling with uncertainty may feel helpless to solve problems, view problems as being threatening or as barriers or obstacles, and they may doubt their ability to solve problems. Finally, people who have difficulty with uncertainty have a belief system in which uncertainty is viewed as stressful, unfair, upsetting, and to be avoided. Now, I don't know about you, but I know that uncertainty is just a part of life. So I cannot believe that it is unfair, upsetting, and needs to be avoided. It, It just is. And that's where our old friend acceptance can really help us out. But I don't want to go into the acceptance piece right now. We'll get into that in another episode soon. But if you are wondering if you have an issue with uncertainty, see if any of these thoughts or behaviors apply to you. You look for information and solutions to every possible problem you may face. You worry about things even if the odds of them happening is very low, such as being in a plane crash or being diagnosed with cancer. You require perfect solutions that must have a 100% chance of working. You seek reassurance from others that everything will be okay and get second and third opinions on medical matters. You make lists, double-check, refuse to delegate tasks, or over-prepare to manage uncertainty. You think that uncertainty means something bad will happen. You feel it is irresponsible or dangerous for there to be uncertainty in your life. You avoid new situations out of fear of uncertainty. You procrastinate, keep predictable routines, or ask others to make decisions for you. You feel that you can't tolerate knowing the outcome of a situation. 
You feel that you would rather know for sure that the outcome of a situation will be bad rather than be left not knowing the outcome. So to get back to the original question of is this just living with uncertainty, I'd say yes. Uncertainty will cause the stress level to rise if we have a need to control to keep our anxiety at bay. But we can learn to get beyond this need for control, and it's a much happier and freer life when we do. Remember, the control behaviors are a way they are trying to keep things together so that we don't feel the pain of not knowing something. But in reality, we cannot outrun uncertainty. Not one of us knows what tomorrow will bring. What we can do is get better at remembering that we can solve problems. We don't have to view problems as threats or as barriers, or as obstacles. And we can recall our ability to solve problems as we have done so in the past. I hope that helps your question, Tosh, and I hope that any of you who have a question that you might like to have answered, you could send it in an email to anxietycoachespodcast at gmail.com. I'll look forward to reading some of those and putting some more of these type of podcasts together. And now for today's quote. Faith means living with uncertainty, feeling your way through life, letting your heart guide you like a lantern in the dark. And that's from Dan Millman. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, Be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at theanxietycoachespodcast.com. 